booster for your morning. All the news you need to know. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Welcome to the 77 WABC Early News. I'm Deborah Valentine with your news, sports, business, traffic, and weather. Here's everything you need to know. The top five at five. I do feel validated that many of the issues that we raise in the campaign have gotten this national attention. Well, that's the Democratic candidate who lost to GOP Congressman-elect George Santos, who denies claims that he lied about his education and his job experience. The U.S. Supreme Court halts the lifting of Title 42 temporarily as a second asylum seeker dies of suicide in New York City's shelter system. The January 6th House Select Committee recommends the Department of Justice charge former President Donald Trump and others. Convicted sex offender Harvey Weinstein found guilty of sex crimes in a second case out in L.A. Fallen FTX founder Sam Bankman-Fried agrees to extradition to the United States from the Bahamas. 34-year-old GOP congressman-elect George Santos claims to have attended New York University, graduated from Brew College, and worked on Wall Street at Goldman Sachs and Citigroup. But the New York Times Monday alleged all these claims are untrue. The two colleges and two banks say they have no record of Santos. In November, the 34-year-old Santos of Long Island helped Republicans clinch a narrow majority in the U.S. House of Representatives. Robert Zimmerman, the Democratic candidate Santos defeated, is one of many people demanding answers. He spoke to ABC7. I do feel validated that many of the issues that we raise in the campaign and others raise in the campaign have gotten this national attention. The House Ethics Committee has got to investigate these allegations raised in the Times article, and the Department of Justice and the U.S. Attorney's Office has to conduct a full investigation. Santos denied the claims in a statement released by his attorney. He ran his campaign on how he fulfilled the American dream as a son of Brazilian immigrants and was the first openly gay Republican to win a House seat as a non-incumbent. Well, the U.S. Supreme Court Monday temporarily halted Wednesday's lifting of Title 42, giving the Department of Justice till 5 this afternoon to respond to the lawsuit from 19 Republican-led states. Title 42 allows migrants to be turned back at the U.S.-Mexico border under COVID. Meanwhile, a second migrant, a 28-year-old Venezuelan national, has died by suicide at a queen shelter. He was here with a child and the child's mother. New York City Mayor Adams warned at an event Monday that city services would likely face major cuts due to the migrant influx. It's going to impact education. It's going to impact the dollars we're using to clean our streets. It's going to impact um, our public safety. It's going to impact our helping those long-term New Yorkers who are in need. Every service, if you look down the list of services, I have to now go back to the drawing board. Adams is asking both the federal government and New York State for help, saying the shelter system in the city is at capacity. Back in mid-September, the death of another asylum seeker occurred. A young woman with two children took her own life at another Queens shelter. Well, the House January 6th Select Committee Monday urging the U.S. Department of Justice to bring criminal charges against former President Donald Trump. It's up to the DOJ. The panel's seven Democrats and two Republicans are also recommending criminal charges against Trump associates related to efforts to overturn Trump's 2020 election loss. Congresswoman Liz Cheney of Wyoming. No man who would behave that way at that moment in time 
can ever serve in any position of authority in our nation again. He is unfit for any office. Cheney, a member of the committee, the lawmakers also referred four Republican House representatives to the Chamber's Ethics Committee. The group includes Kevin McCarthy, the GOP leader who is expected to run for Speaker of the House when the party takes control of the chamber next year, as well as Jim Jordan, a staunch ally of the former president. His spokesman, Russell Dye, called the referral just another partisan and political stunt. Also referred were Andy Biggs, a congressman said to have strategized with the president on his plot to stay in office, and Scott Perry, who had his phone seized by the FBI earlier this year. Already serving a 23-year sentence for a sex conviction out of New York, disgraced movie mogul Harvey Weinstein found guilty of three of seven counts in an L.A. sex assault and rape case. Celebrity attorney Gloria Allred, who represented one of the accusers, says a guilty verdict in the case means justice. Breaking through their fear of what could happen to them if they spoke out against Mr. Weinstein has been a transformative experience for all of those whom I have represented. So I commend all of my clients for their courage and sacrifices to win justice. A sentencing date for the 70-year-old has not yet been announced. The charges involved accusations from four women spanning from 2005 to 2013. Bailed FTX cryptocurrency founder Sam Bankman-Fried has agreed to his voluntary extradition to the U.S. He did so Monday. He faces an eight-count indictment related to alleged fraud and campaign finance violations related to the collapse of his $32 billion cryptocurrency exchange. Last week, during a Senate hearing, Republican Senator Cynthia Loomis of Wyoming said that the FTX collapse was nothing more than a case of good old-fashioned fraud. President Biden Monday condemned a rise in anti-Semitism as vile and venom. This happened during a Hanukkah holiday reception at the White House. As your president, I want to make this clear. As my dad would say, and many of you have said, silence is complicity. We must not remain silent. And I made no bones about it from the very beginning. I will not be silent. America will not be silent. Incidents of anti-Semitism are up nationwide and here in New York City. In New York City, the NYPD says anti-Semitic hate crimes increased 125 percent for November compared to a year ago. The Anti-Defamation League, which tracks anti-Semitic behavior nationwide, found 2,717 incidents in 2021. That's a 34 percent rise from the year before. More now on the U.S. Supreme Court decision to temporarily halt Title 42. In response to a request filed by 19 Republican-led states, Chief Justice John Roberts Monday temporarily stayed a lower court's ruling that required the Biden administration to lift the implementation of Title 42 by December 21st tomorrow. In El Paso, Texas, near the U.S.-Mexico border, El Paso's mayor, Oscar, Oscar Alesser, declared a disaster declaration in response to the migrant crisis. It gives us the flexibility to, to do more, to get into the, the larger type of sheltering operations, to allow us to help other NGOs who are, who are looking to come at the, into the area and assist us. It allows us to, to make sure that they have the proper facilities, so that they can house larger groups of migrants and we can help assist while they're connecting to their final destinations. The DOJ has till five this afternoon to respond to the U.S. Supreme Court. The group's request for relief, the 19 states from the high courts, comes after a three-judge panel on the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals on Friday 
rejected the state's bid to suspend the policy's expected termination. An Arizona judge ruled that two out of ten claims brought by former Republican gubernatorial candidate Carrie Lake challenging Democratic governor-elect Katie Hobbs' election victory can go to trial. The two counts that Judge Thompson ruled can go to trial involve printers malfunctioning on Election Day and alleged ballot chain of custody allegations. Speaking to a crowd of young conservatives at Turning Point USA's America Fest, Lake repeated allegations about both the 2020 presidential election and Governor-elect Katie Hobbs' apparent victory last month. This is the, the magicians down at Maricopa County. They magically appeared. They didn't have enough cheating by two days after the election. They had to inject 25,000 more votes. These people are crooks. They need to be locked up. Lake took to Twitter following the court's decision saying this is far from over. Maricopa County Superior Court Judge Peter Thompson dismissed eight out of ten counts in Lake's election lawsuit, ruling they did not fall under the proper criteria to bring election challenges under Arizona law. Well, no final decision just yet from former Trump VP Mike Pence as to whether or not he'll seek the White House in 2024. Pence Monday on Fox News said he will make a decision in the new year about whether he'll seek national office. He was asked during that appearance whether he would be interested in running for the open seat in the U.S. Senate from Indiana, where Pence was governor from 2013 to 2017. I've had the privilege of serving in Congress in the House of Representatives, um, Governor of Indiana and Vice President of the United States is an incredible privilege for me. And uh, my family is going to take time uh, over this holiday season uh, when we're all together for the first time in three years to give prayerful consideration uh, to where we might next step forward to serve our country. Former President Donald Trump, the only candidate to formally declare a bid for the 2024 nomination to date. A Canadian gunman who fatally shot five condo board members Sunday has died as well. 73-year-old Francesco Villi had filed a multi-million dollar lawsuit against the Bellaria Residences Complex in Vaughan, Ontario, claiming that electromagnetic waves were making him sick. Billy posted an alarming video to his Facebook page hours before carrying out the shootings. That's all I want. Comfort in my home. Why it's been denied? For 70 years, why? You bastards all of you. You indecent bastards are criminals. That's what you are. You take me to court before a judge, and my one my one page of three, four hundred pages of evidence and truth have been thrown in the garbage. A $6 million lawsuit seen by DailyMail.com reveals the dispute had been ongoing for some five years. It began when the corporation tried to restrain Ivili from allegedly threatening, intimidating, and harassing the board of directors. 77 WABC News Time 515. Let's head over to Justin Ellis for sports. Well, thank you, Deb. Just one lone local game to get to from last night, and that was the Islanders skating out in Colorado. Take on the Avalanche. Took overtime and a shootout to settle a scoreless deadlock. Ultimately, a contest that would see the Isles fall one to nothing. Colorado goaltender Alexander Georgiev stifled New York throughout, stopping 26 shots through overtime plus. A perfect performance in the shootout. Evan Rodriguez, he beat Isles tender Ilya Sorokin for the only goal in the shootout, proving to be enough for Colorado to escape with the win. Here was head coach Lane Lambert on the tough loss. You know, we I thought we we battled uh, battled hard, and um, you know, I think it's a it's a good point for us to have um, you know towards the end of the trip, and you know we'll move forward. But I thought we at times we passed up some shots. 
um, which we can't, you know, can't do. But certainly uh, we got ourselves into areas uh, at times, and, um, you know, as far as they're, they're concerned, you know, they have a high-powered offensive team, and I thought we battled hard. Uh, now at 18-13 and 13 overall, and with the one point last night, the Islanders sit in fifth place in the Metropolitan Division. They got a date with the third-place Rangers, who they currently trail by three points, coming up on Thursday night at the Garden. Speaking of those Rangers, they'll be back on the ice tonight in Pittsburgh to take on the Penguins. That puck drop is set for 7 p.m. Eastern time. Also, looking ahead to tonight, you got the Devils in Carolina taking on the Hurricanes at 7 p.m. as well. And on the hardwood, the Knicks, they host the Golden State Warriors at 7.30 and, of course, last night's edition of Monday Night Football in the end of Week 15 saw the Green Bay Packers beat up on the Los Angeles Rams in Green Bay by a score of 24-12. to At 6-8 and eight now, the Packers likely must win out and get lots of help during a playoff berth. But quarterback Aaron Rodgers is keeping the faith, heading into a big contest in Miami this upcoming Sunday. We're playing decent. we got to play a little bit better next week on the road in Miami and then two home games. So, uh, yeah, a lot still to play for. Game and a half out of the playoffs. There'll be a lot of uh, excitement in the locker room, a lot of good energy this week, short week. But a uh, tough opponent in Miami. He's got a lot to play for as well. Can't really doubt that man, Aaron Rodgers. Here with the Early News Sports Update, I'm Justin Alec on 77 WABC. Here is Lou Dobbs with your financial report. This is the 77 WABC Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Losses mount on Wall Street this week. The Dow Jones Industrials dipping more than 160 points yesterday. Meta and Amazon dragging the Nasdaq lower down more than 150 points. The market now riding a four-day losing streak after last week's interest rate hike. Recession fears are growing among investors who are hoping for a year-end rally. A big week for the housing market continues. Housing starts are forecast to have slipped again in November, falling to a two-year low. Wall Street also expecting a dip in building permits after home builder confidence fell to a 10-year low. Nike reporting earnings today. Revenue forecast to have slipped a bit again last quarter given the broader retail climate. Nike's been resilient, however, in the past, but shares are down 37% this year. Investors are looking for a positive Nike 2023 outlook. Please join me several times each weekday right here on 77 WABC. This is the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Keep listening for more to 77 WABC for the Lou Dobbs financial report checking futures the dow's up five points at thirty two thousand nine hundred seventy eight. and p down four and a quarter points nasdaq down 29 and three quarter points gold's up 18 dollars 20 cents an ounce crude oil at 75 dollars 98 cents a barrel that's up 79 cents if you own a vehicle with less than two hundred thousand miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all listen up CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio. It's the WABC Early News. Deborah Valentine with your 77 WABC Early News, News Time 520. The Senate Majority Leader, of course, Chuck Schumer from New York, urging the FDA to investigate a shortage of children's medicine. 77 WABC's Frank Diaz reports. New York Democrat Chuck Schumer is hoping the agency can expedite approvals of foreign drug manufacturers. They have the power to get the drugs from overseas and bring them here, same drugs, to license new companies and to investigate where the choke points are. 
He says basic drugs such as Tylenol, Robitussin, and Ibuprofen are sometimes hard to find. There's been a huge surge in flu and RSV cases recently, as well as an uptick in coronavirus. For 77 WABC Early News, I'm Frank Diaz. A recidivist well-known to the NYPD broke into Robert De Niro's Upper East Side townhouse early Monday. Police were following behind after spotting 30-year-old Shanice Viles in the area of 65th Street, where she first tried several locked doors. She was able to enter De Niro's 65th Street condo and began bagging up gifts under the Christmas tree when cops arrested her at 2.45 in the morning. De Niro had very little to say to the New York Post reporters. Other than that, he's okay. How are you feeling, Mr. De Niro? Okay. What happened, sir? Uh, you read about it in the paper. Miles has 26 prior arrests, including 16 for burglaries and petty larceny. She's described as one of the NYPD's most prolific recidivist burglars. Police did not know it was De Niro's residence, however, when they arrested this woman. There was no interaction between De Niro and this uh, suspect in this case. Well, the NYPD is discussing safety measures with the Jewish community amid a spike in anti-Semitic crimes as Hanukkah is underway. 77 WABC's Alex Barnard reports. NYPD Commissioner Keyshawn Sewell was in Queens yesterday assuring those celebrating Hanukkah that community affairs officers are visiting houses of worship and additional officers are in vulnerable locations across the five boroughs. No one should be victimized by hate in this city. And the NYPD is here to make sure that that does not happen. We will attack it every single way we possibly can. She vowed the NYPD will continue to conduct robust investigations to bring to justice anyone who carries out a hate crime. Sewell notes hate crimes may be on the rise, but Queens has seen an 18% decrease in hate crimes and hate crime arrests are up this year. For 77 WABC Early News, I'm Alex Barnard. A notorious New York City bishop with a criminal record and a long trail of questions about his lavish lifestyle now facing federal fraud and extortion charges. Lamar Whitehead arrested Monday morning on an indictment out of Manhattan, according to the U.S. Attorney's Office. Whitehead, who garnered international attention earlier this year after being robbed of a million dollars in jewelry on a live stream Sunday service, allegedly defrauded a parishioner out of $90,000 in retirement savings to buy himself luxury goods. According to the government at a news conference earlier this year, Whitehead pushed back on questions about the alleged theft. Why is Fendi, Louis and Gucci, why can't we wear that in the church? I wear what I wear to encourage people, not to laugh at people. My community work speaks for itself. The 45-year-old Whitehead previously served five years in prison on identity theft charges, and he now faces up to 20 years in prison on each of the wire fraud and extortion charges. In another instance, prosecutors allege Whitehead extorted $5,000 from a businessman and then tried to get the same person to lend him a half a million dollars in exchange for favorable actions from the New York City government. Whitehead is well known to have a longstanding and close relationship with Mayor Eric Adams. Prosecutors also allege Whitehead lied about having multiple cell phones during the execution of a search warrant by the FBI. A teenager recovering after being stabbed outside of a Long Island high school. 
77 WABC's Noam Layden reports. Nassau County Police Commissioner Patrick Ryder says a 17-year-old Uniondale High student got into a fight with a 15-year-old right around dismissal time. We don't know how the individual came onto campus, but, you know, they are very good in their security here at Uniondale. And again, we have our school resource officers here, so that will be part of the ongoing investigation. The victim, who is in serious condition, was stabbed at least three times. His attacker, who was arrested, is a former student who police say should have never been allowed on campus. School leaders say they'll investigate how the attacker made it past security. For early news, I'm Noam Layden. Well, a $2 million grant that's been announced from the U.S. Department of Transportation will allow for a historic study by the state and New York City about longstanding problems related to the Cross Bronx Expressway designed back in the 1940s. Things to be studied are health effects like asthma, noise, pollution, disruption to neighborhoods, and high crash rates. Here is Congressman Richie Torres. So if you're a child who lives near the Cross Bronx, or if you attend school near the Cross Bronx, you are breathing in through no fault of your own air pollutants that cause you to have respiratory diseases like asthma. New York City's mayor said on Monday the study will focus on reducing pollution, addressing health disparities, reconnecting neighborhoods, improving traffic safety, and creating new green spaces. City and state officials will work with Bronx residents and community groups. The first meeting is planned for February, and a report is planned by 2024. Well, the ball, New York Yankees slugger Aaron Judge hit for his American League record 62nd home run is sold for one and a half million at auction. 77 WABC's Frank Diaz has more. Corey Yeomans caught the ball during the Yankees' October 4th game against the Texas Rangers. He spoke exclusively to 77 WABC's Justin Ellick and Eric Salas on December 7th. I think this will always be something that'll be fun to uh, chat about. Completely random. Uh, I'm, I'm humbled and feel quite lucky to even just be a small footnote into something as historical as this moment. You can hear the full interview on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Yeomans had an offer from the New York Yankees for $3 million, but reportedly turned it down. The ball was sold through collectibles marketplace Golden ending this past Saturday. For 77 WABC Early News, I'm Frank Diaz. And if you missed the top five at five and other news, be sure to check it out on our website, wabcradio.com. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC.